Freaks, and welcome to Radical Research. enjoyed that the beginning of what will certainly be the least popular episode of this podcast since pyogenesis 20 old blood <laughs> you think so, you think so? I, I i don't think there's I, I think that it's probably verifiable fact that oxyplegates is somehow less popular just critically and in terms of record sales than oxy than pyogenesis but yeah i'll, I'll give you that Wow. Yeah. So this is how we start Radical Research 59 on a, a point of low expectation. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, we love this enough. I think as with pyogenesis, it's a case of, yeah, we know some of this isn't perfect, uh, but we also hold this very dearly for our own various strange fucked up reasons, I suppose. <laughs> and, and, um, I will say that of the three Oxyplegates albums, Fairy Tales is my favorite. I think the other two are just as flawed as it is, but just not as good. Although I love all three of these albums. And I think Oxyplegates has got to be one of those bands that you had to, that you're going to appreciate more if you were in the swirl of the mid 90s and all the stuff that was coming out of Europe, all the different branches of death, black and thrash that were mutating and morphing at that time, because they were, in, they were in the stream, you know, and I guess this is a great time to bring up at the gates and grotesque. Yes, I think so. 
who are also inextricably linked uh, due to the presence of Thomas Lindbergh. That's true. Exactly. Alf Svensson is the guy behind Oxyplegates, Oxyplegates, Oxyplegats, Oxy, the Gates, the other Gates. What else we got for him? Hey, your your Gates is as good as ours. <laughs> hey, man, I'm Oxy. You, you, you Oxy? That's cool. I always thought Alf Svensson should have formed a fan club and called it the Oxy Army. <laughs> just, just because that sounds phonetically nice. It does. a song called his time has come from the first oxy plagates album fairy tales came out in 1994 on alf svensson's own fairy tale records so very much uh, an in-house kind of thing that's not typical of oxy plagates although saying anything as typical of them is sort of strange to begin with <laughs> but but it's not typical in the sense it's just bare bones uh, adoration of heavy metal like right. the early original more melodic heavy metal and you know and, and that was in 1994 was not a thing i mean europe was a stronghold for that stuff always but from our vantage point in the states all of that stuff started to happen again like a revival of pure heavy metal with something like nocturnal rights um Hammerfall, Hammerfall, uh, Highlander, which eventually became Lost Horizon, were part of the whole group of people almost. Uh, they certainly had links to Hammerfall. And all these other bands, you know, kind of 
exploring this stuff again and digging back into the past. And that's certainly the most Oxyplicates ever does. But that, that's the sort of thing that bands, heavier bands, darker bands, uh, that never went for the melodic vocals very much, you know, like At The Gates, that's the kind of stuff they grew up on as well, cut their teeth on as well. Right. You know, but Jeff, to your point earlier about the, the usefulness of having been a listener during the mid-90s of bearing witness to it firsthand, I never really thought about that until tonight, how difficult it might be to seduce someone into oxyplegates who is coming in cold to it. <laughs> and I, I, think pity, that, I, I, pity, I pity that person. <laughs> I imagine that we've probably already lost a few listeners by now. But the gesture that we heard in that last song, that homage to the original heavy metal, to the glorious, melodic, primordial heavy metal, is, is sort of in keeping with the kind of freedom and eclecticism that we have come to value so much about metal and, and particularly European metal from that time. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's telling too that the two albums on which Alf played, The Red in the Sky is Ours and With Fear, I Kiss the Burning Darkness, are quite different than the Martin era at the gates that follows. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people think about Alf with the second album with fear, but um, he's credited there as a, a member. He writes just as much as he does on red in the sky. Martin came in. What's Martin's last name? Larson. Larson. Uh, Martin came in and played live and was the second guitarist for at the gates, the rest of at the gates, career from that point on. And Alf just sort of went on and did oxyplegates because the first two at the gates are 92, 93, 94. He comes out with this crazy thing called fairy tales, which looks weird. Uh, it sounds weird. It's uh, it clearly shows that, you know, he was at least, uh, a large cog in that early at the gates, which was, you know, a bit more, uh, if not left field, definitely a little more experimental than they were willing to be after that. Sure. And I think we got to go on record and say, we love the original material on terminal spirit disease. We love slaughter of the soul. We are absolutely not at the gates haters. I don't think either one of us love the um, reunion albums, but whatever. Um, no, but I mean, slaughter we, of the soul is, as popular and important as it is for a reason. We hail prime cannon at the gates, yes. <laughs> so to speak. Okay, so, so there we are, and there's Alf, and there's at the gates. And in listening to more, because we're going to sample generously from each of the three Oxyplegates albums, while you listen, listeners, keep in mind that wouldn't it be cool if in 93 or 94 at the gates recorded their third album, a completely like cosmic metal sci-fi pulp sci-fi excursion. Don't we really just want that in the end, Hunter? I want that. I want, I mean, that's basically what I want out of life in general. And this gets us there close enough. It's just, you kind of wish there was a little more of that serious ferocity, super heaviness and the super menacing tone of say something like early at the gates, but it gets us pretty close and uh, keep that in mind as we go along. And I'd also like a different album cover. 
I'm looking at it right now, my friend. It's got a, it's got a quite a shapely uh, vixen of an very, alien. Very curvaceous alien. Curvaceous. I mean, the uh, the emphasis is certainly on the breasts. She's <laughs> certainly. Wearing, she's wearing what looks like headphones on her ears, sunglasses, and a, a necklace that looks like a compact disc. Dude, I mean, please. It's awesome. You know, but I love the inner artwork. It looks very kind of punk. It looks very white zombie, like early, early, like Soul Crusher white zombie style. Well, the, there's an entirely zombie DIY hammer. aesthetic to the, the entire thing. Fairytale Records 001, baby. This is uh, the third one we're going to play you from Fairy Tales. This is a bit of Dark Millennium and in parentheses, there shall never be another dawn. And I mean, never be another dawn. Ever. Oxyplegates' Dark Millennium. His Time Has Come was pretty different in the sense of the traditional heavy metal. This one probably goes the most far afield with the, I don't want to say industrial, because I, I, I think that word. The electronics. Like, the electronics, yeah. Industrial is such a misused and overused word. But I think you know what I'm talking about. Very, very German electronic anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah, robotic, steely. Yeah, and probably, you know, not the best thing to think about if if we were trying to consider that alternate reality with a a cosmic space metal prog at the gates. But you get the you get the sense right there with the first three songs that we've played, I think that uh Alf was reaching for something pretty different <laughs> with this stuff. Yeah, it's a very very personal vision that he has. That's for sure. And yeah, I, I, you know, and I, I it I think it probably speaks 
to the fact that it was essentially a, a solo venture for you know the entirety of the three albums that he he probably had trouble finding anyone who could either relate to his vision or had an appetite to participate in something like oxy Gates. well i mean he was yeah he was mostly a one-man band i mean he had uh, a few male vocalists from time to time uh, fairy tales has the for want of a better word the largest lineup there's only what i mean alf plays guitar bass uh does vocals and does uh machine drums we'll talk about those in a second because that's interesting but fairy tales also has two other male vocalists that pop in from time to time and a woman named Sarah Svensson, who would be the only other constant on Oxy albums. Incidentally, did you know that Sarah Svensson is the female vocalist on Dark Tranquility's The Mind's Eye album? I on, did know that. On Insanity's Crescendo. I, did, I didn't realize that actually until, until recently. So that's cool. I was very happy to see an uptick in the quality of female vocals from the gallery. <laughs> yes, I, th- I think it's a little disappointing. I think it's why Mind's Eye uh, edges out that album for me. Those are my two favorite Dark Tranquilities by a mile. And uh, I like Mind's Eye best. Not a popular opinion, as I understand. (laughs) Hence my silence. Oh, a gallery man. A gallery man, are you? (laughs) So I don't know if Sarah Svensson's a relative or a sister, a wife. I, I really don't know. Alf's one of these guys I want to remain mysterious and I don't try to do a bunch of uh, background digging on. I kind of like that. I don't know much about him. Yeah, I do too. But having said that, I suppose that she probably is a relative. Oh, I know she's a relative. I just wonder if, you know, if she's uh, oh, yeah. a wife or a sister. Very different. I, well, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 well, it depends on, I mean, there are counties not too far from here. <laughs> One is the same, my friend. I was thinking about making a similar type of joke and you went ahead and did it. That's awesome. You, yeah, you, you've probably seen it more firsthand than I have. <laughs> Out on the front porches and all. It, it, get lo- it gets lonely down here. All right, let's listen to some serious ox- oxyplagates now. Let's, let's, let's just, you know, let's stop fucking around. I think the drugs are kicking in. Let's, let's roll with this thing now. <laughs> this is, we get into the end of the album. This is a long album. This is a drift and oh no.
Your friend, and I feel like sort of my spiritual friend, S. Craig Zoller. Your spirit animal. Spirit animal. We've never actually met before, but I feel like uh, we would be fast friends were we to. You would. A review of, I believe, I know it was Virgin Steel. I believe it was the House of Atreus. Zoller refuted the claim that Virgin Steel had made a metal opera. Um, that an opera dependent upon for eligibility, a wide range of vocal tactics um, deployed in such a way as to, to tell a story, uh, to um, communicate the identities of various characters. And he said that Oxyplegates was the closest he'd ever heard to any metal band making what could technically be called an opera. Interesting. And I think we just heard early evidence of that in the last two tracks we played. Well, the last two tracks, I, you know, all three albums run right. in that sort of theatrical sort of presentation where you do get the sense that Alf has read a lot of sci-fi, primarily old 40s, 50s, 60s stuff uh, of various types. 
some pulpy, some maybe more in the high-minded, hard science fiction side. He loves metal. Uh, he understands how to write an album. And I think, I think um, all the imagery points to some cosmic drama that's only really in his head. I don't think any of us will ever figure it out if there is meaning to it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, love the, I love the thing you're saying about opera and, and Zoller's point in that review. Maybe true. And, you know, it's kind of funny that he would say that back then about these albums that existed between well, existed, they still exist, came out between 94 and 96. And how much like sort of, and I cringe that I'm even going to say this, opera metal or gothic metal or female fronted gothic opera metal uh, started coming out on Napalm Records and other such labels in the late 90s and 2000s. And um, they have probably nothing to do with true opera if we're looking at it in the way that Zoller lays out, which I like. I think, I think he's... Vibrato. He's, yeah, well, there you go. Somehow, yeah, the, the two became synonymous with each other. Yeah. And, and certainly the presence of corsets. <laughs> Did we mention Leaves Eyes in the episode two, two episodes ago? Atrocity and all that? Oh, we may have. I, I, Be, yeah, speaking of atrocities. <laughs> speaking of atrocities, right. Anyhow, back to Oxyplegates. Uh, we, we have sampled fairy tales. We're going to jump to the 1996 album. Uh, and I misspoke earlier. I, they, ex they existed between 94 and 98. This second album came out in 96. This was also on Fairy Tale Records. Interestingly, my copy, and I, I suppose all copies, I don't think there are other versions out there, although this was later issued on vinyl by some Italian label in... Yeah. Um, was it like... It was... Uh, two, uh, actually, it may have been... 2016. Was it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was even more recent than that. Yeah. And here's something interesting. <laughs> Somebody reissued Sidereal Journey, the third album, in Worlds and Worlds, the album we're going to start talking about here, on a cassette, a limited edition cassette version. Boy, oh boy. Or Moyoka, uh, some label from Brooklyn. Wow. <laughs> the second and third Oxyplegates on cassette. They've done some Black Flag things. They've done some, man, other than Oxyplegates, I'm not recognizing any names by the label that put this out. So that's all very interesting. Let's get into worlds and worlds before we go, go too deep. Um, but I was going to say on, on the fairy tale records version of the CD that I have the original, it says Season of Mist Distribution. And I think that's one of the first times I ever saw that name, Season of Mist. They've since become a pretty reputable and, and um, sometimes just flat out awesome label signed mayhem cynic others on the disc print of this oxyplegates worlds and worlds cd it says season of miss plural so i think that's probably a uh, misprint but uh, it's in the season of miss logo for those of you looking for minutia there you go check out your copy and go get that cassette on or molyka records cassettes <laughs> this is radical research yeah right okay Enough talk. Let's listen to what Alf was up to in 96 with Battle of Species. Thank you. 
So we hear a much more intense oxyplegates. It's still the same oxyplegates. You'll, you'll hear as we go along with worlds and worlds um, that it's really not that much different, but there was an uptick in intensity on worlds and worlds. I think the reason I like fairy tales, maybe a hair more, and believe me, I love the other two albums, but I think the reason I like fairy tales a little more is just, it's, it's a little more of an oddity. Uh, and I think in this world where it's odd to begin with, I like when uh, an artist will go too far. Anyway, what do we hear there? Battle of the Species almost gets into a black metal world. Yep. It's right for the European climate in 1996. Mm. And frankly, there's a lot, of, a lot of permeability between those territories, if you really think about it. I mean, dissection at the gates, bands like Dawn and Sacramentum. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's not, you know, it's it's only a stone's throw before you're in melodic black metal territory. Um, And I think that's one of the things that I've always found so fascinating uh, about that time and about that Northern European geography and and still do is the fact that these bands, you know, moved uh, along these, these, the spectrum so easily. One of the... Sort of one of the things that gives it a parallel to a lot of black metal for me is the lo-fi aspect of oxyplegates. I imagine that was just a result of necessity. Like he, he didn't have the means perhaps to, to go a little bigger and wider and deeper. But um, the lo-fi aspect I love about this band, that's, that's the other thing. I do too. I mean, it's like the progressive metal version of Fax Ted or something. <laughs> yeah that's not that's not bad especially with his right hand picking style like alf has a style yes. that brings it into that world a little bit i think he's a definitely a very good rhythm guitarist uh, oh absolutely that much yeah. has to be said yeah like you say a very distinctive one too i suspect that had he the resources he probably would have gone bigger and deeper and wider as you say i i, I think that his ambitions definitely outpaced his means Oh yeah, I'm really glad that he made do with what he had because I think it's all the more special. I, I mean, I basically just repeated what you said, but I, I, I love the fact that it is so homespun and and so DIY, and it is kind of kind of punk. I mean, if you want to go further, the self-released nature of it, you know, Fairy Tale sure. Records. Not that like labels were clamoring over this, but Fairy Tale was was Alf's thing. I think I mentioned that you know the first two Oxy came out on it. The third came out on Season of Mist with the Fairy Tales logo, so it was kind of uh, opposite of what Worlds and Worlds did. The only other release on Fairy Tales was an EP by a band called Oral, which featured none other than Alf Svensson on guitar. They had made some demos apparently in the 80s, and I, th- I guess in the 90s they recorded an EP or a short album, and that was what Alf put out on Fairy Tales. But um, they are not interesting. I, ch- I checked them out recently had always heard them or known about that, but um, they're just kind of this crusty death, hardcore punk stuff, which is not bad in and of itself, but it just didn't seem all that inspired. Um, Their vocalist, however, is on the first two Oxyplegates albums as an auxiliary vocalist. So interesting stuff there. Just all goes along with the whole super incestuous Swedish metal scene, I suppose. I should mention the guy's name is Uno Burling, the guy from Oral. You a big oral fan? Oh man, top ten probably. <laughs> yeah, really? Got I mean, I, ta- I mean, Tankard's always going to be number one, <laughs> right? Um, but after that, you know, or or yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, 
Let's get around to some more Worlds and Worlds material. This is a song called Graveyard Dream. Okay, before we address that last part, um, that was two moments from Graveyard Dream. You were going to say something? And I'm glad that you hate that part as much as I do. <laughs> we'll talk. But I, I wanted to mention first, before people forget uh, what they just heard, the main part of that snippet was actually something Elf wrote for Grotesque, in, like probably four or five years prior to that. And you kind of get a little morbid vibe from some of that. So, so that makes sense. And if anybody listening doesn't know grotesque, you should. And that's probably all we need to say about that. And I think that's the other, one of the many remarkable things about Alf. He was not only part of this nutso stuff, but also part of At the Gates and uh, grotesque. You know, he made his mark on, on Swedish metal, no question. And he also mentions in the booklet of Worlds and Worlds um, some sci-fi authors. I had forgotten this when I mentioned sci-fi earlier, but Larry Niven is in there, Bob Shaw, uh, a few others he mentioned. So he's he's pretty deep into it. And then that last part, yeah, that goes on on the album. That's the end of Graveyard Dream. That goes on for about a minute and a half. I suspect that that's something that Grotesque wouldn't have used. I'm just guessing. <laughs> so you, you hate that part as much as I do. Oh, I hate it. It's, yeah, it's, it, I, I just see it as like this, like space age, like minstrel carnival thing. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of that particular if you'd call it a style or a sound, anything that, that evokes 
sort of like, you know, like medieval times, not actual medieval times, but like going to, you know, like mutton joint medieval times. Well, you're talking about like, yeah, medieval, yeah, like, medieval, medieval fairs versus the actual awesomeness of, of real medieval times. Yeah, of, yeah, exactly. Like of the Black Plague. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you know, and that part goes on too long. And I, I think that's just part of the aspiration of, of Alf just wanting to create an opera to look at it through that lens again. And, um, and I mean, there's a sense of whimsy with Oxy Gates too, obviously. Um, oh, I mean, sure. you certainly get that on fairy tales, but I mean, take a look at the cover for, you know, worlds and worlds. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, I guess, relatively speaking, a little more accomplished and a little more serious, but I mean, it's still pretty puzzling. Well, you yeah, you, you still have the buxom babe. She's blue now laying on, on a sort of what looks either like an altar yeah, or like an altar. Yeah. Uh, looking to be devoured by some, metalloid metallic looking alien life forms pretty nuts <laughs> but again to, to that part at the end I, I feel like um that stuff can be interesting if it's manipulated or mutated in some way and and it, it's not he's sort of drawing from that very literally from medi- medi- medieval music whereas like i think of the prog rock band griffin who we both love um they would incorporate medieval stuff and folk stuff into their sound but it wasn't straight. It, it was it was sort of bent. It was sort of turned upside down in a sense. Because otherwise, if they were playing straight medieval folk music, I think we'd probably both hate it. Yes. I mean, it's you know, I guess it's my uh, my tentativeness toward bands like Pentagon and uh, Fearport Convention. Um, yes. Who, the uh, incredible string band. Yes, straightly played stuff. I mean, for the most part doesn't it doesn't wander far from the root and you and i have determined that we like things that wander pretty far from the root let's go with a a pair of snippets this time this is track eight and nine respectively usurpers and the end is nigh
cosmic opera indeed. Mm. And the first of the pair that we just heard, Usurpers, while we were playing that, I was reminded of another band, another underappreciated band from southwestern Sweden, Morning Sign. Oh, wow. Uh, whose, nice. whose album, whose second album, Multiverse, also employs a variety of vocal approaches and metal styles and styles that are from outside the metal sphere. Mm. I wonder mm. if there, you know, if that's a evidence of some cross pollination or community or just a, an instance of a bunch of weirdos making metal. I think in the case of Morning Sign, and that's a great one, by the way, because you, you and I both loved Multiverse and, and the EP before it and the album before it. I think, I think in that case, I'm going to bet that it, if I was a betting man, uh, that it was a, uh, <laughs> that it was a case of just shared influences. Right. You know, what was in the air at the time in Sweden, the wider variety and the fearlessness to just draw from a, a lot of different places. What about the, uh, we've kind of hinted at it, but just you as a drummer and Hey, we like drums. What about, who doesn't? Hey, who doesn't? But, but what about the machine drums? This is, you know, this is uh, Alf's programming and that we hear this all the way through uh, all of Oxyplegates' works. Does this work for you? It works for me because it's just, it's already this cosmic vacuum, sci-fi weirdness. Why not a machine drum? I agree. Sometimes I'm not even sure that they're programmed. Some of them actually sound like Alf played them in real time. <laughs> yeah, I, I like their contribution to the overall effect of the music. For sure. Um, and like you said, he's already gone this far. Why not just take it even further? And I feel like the, I feel like the presence of actual acoustic drums would somehow diminish that artificial, robotic, cosmic effect um, that is the the aim, the apparent aim, at least of of his music. Yeah. Well, I would say more than a lot of bands, it's more than apparent because just, you just have to look at the packaging. Like these things were like these unified concepts. He had something in mind. Like there's not a panel. There's not a page on any of this stuff. uh, When you're holding the the package itself, that doesn't evoke cosmic drama, sci-fi pretty deeply steeped in that stuff. To that point, let's listen to Abandon Earth. This is the penultimate song from Worlds and Worlds. Shimmering cities sweep through the sky And there is The traces of life, the desert devouring the land Be the stone of our soul, the vessel of our own The marrow of our 
that's awesome. That's one of my favorite parts of Worlds and Worlds. That's a song called Abandoned Earth. And, I, and for me, it evokes At the Gates uh, a lot more than much of the other Oxyplagate stuff. I think it's something that At the Gates probably could have covered or done if Alfred had stayed in the band. You know, you have to get around the clean vocal part. Uh, I don't think Thomas Lindbergh had that in him, but um, <laughs> perhaps Alf could have could have just done that. But um, I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, the, the the movement of that song, the way it kind of is arranged and the way it moves through all its paces and all its different parts reminds me of With Fear I Kissed the Burning Darkness, the second at the gates. That came out in 1993. And Worlds and Worlds came out in 96. But I think we have the spirit of 93 in this song in some way, because, just because of the maze-like, otherworldly aspect of all of this. Sure. I threw 1993 out there just to get you to say something. No. When, when have I ever been provoked <laughs> by the, the, the mere sound of the numbers 1993 right I, I never. um yeah i mean in, in a lot of ways i, I feel like oxyplegates sort of perpetuates the spirit of that year and like you said the you know the eclecticism the maze-like arrangement the way that alf works through his ideas the fearlessness the the complete disregard for boundaries you know all those things add up to what makes that year so important to me. And, you know, what, I guess saying that that year is important to me is like saying that, you know, I need to eat at least one meal a day. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I've been around you. (laughs) We're going to jump to the third album, Sidereal Journey. I want to read something that Alf writes in the inside of, of this album. He says, uh, Oxyplagates is more than ever a solo project. This time I've tried even harder to not let myself get influenced by the tastes and styles of others and just let my ideas evolve freely. Most of the album was created and recorded at home in my workroom. Added vocals and mixing was done in lost angered recording with the skillful hands of Andy LaRoque. He also mentions Sarah Svensson and how thankful he was that she was on this project and he called her essential to the project. Now, uh, we have an interesting name pop up here with Andy LaRoque. I've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, guitarist in King Diamond, fantastic guitarist at that. And and pretty friendly with the At The Gates guys too, because he played yeah. a guest solo on Slaughter of the Soul. So um, yeah, that's kind of cool. Does Sidereal Journey sound any better to you sonically than Worlds and Worlds, which sounded yeah. perhaps a little I, In better. fact, I think it sounds in technical terms, probably more lo-fi. It's almost like it reverts back to fairy tales. Yeah, there's a, there's a brittleness to the, the overall sound. For sure. And again, if Andy LaRoque was involved, and he, you know, yeah, he was a great guitarist in this, um, you know, the amazing uh, King Diamond solo stuff. But as you know, he hasn't worked on a lot of albums I'm super into personally, but um, he has done some great stuff. And he knows how to record an album. He knows how to mix an album. And somehow, <laughs> Sidereal Journey doesn't really prove the point. But, but, but this makes me wonder. I think Alf really just wanted it to sound this way. Yeah. If Andy yeah. was involved and if Alf is on his third album, this is his fifth album, if you count the two without the gates. 
if you want to count the grotesque stuff, we'll just say he wrote six albums worth of material that that's very important or, or very awesome. Yeah. Let's look at a listen to sidereal journey. Uh, the first two tracks. Now we, we have to mention how many tracks are on this thing? 33. 33. Did you just say that? Like just w- without any reference point? Uh, yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> I, I knew, I, I knew um, I could have told you it was 30 something, but I did not know off the top of my head that it was 33. That's amazing. This I can barely change a light bulb, but I know how many <laughs> tracks are on the last Oxyplicate trigger. 33. How many are on uh, Diabolical Masquerade's death design? Oh, good question. Gotcha. Hold on a minute. Bazinga. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I have no idea. I'm, I'm okay. going to, in fact, here, I'm going to go into Metal Archives. I've got, I'm going to wager a guess first. How about how about we listen to these first two from Sidereal Journey and come Well, I need to and... I need to wager a guess before I, I verify. Uh, wager um, the wager the guess. I'm gonna say forty seven. I'm gonna say hmm. Actually it's more than that. I was gonna say fifty two. It's more than that. Okay. okay. All right. Well, all right. When we return, we will reveal tonight's winner. <laughs> but from Sidereal Journey, the thirty three track album by Alf Svensson's Oxyplegates, we have a black hole is swallowing the sun. And they learned of its great fucking song title. Yes. And they learned of its existence. These are the first two tracks of the 33. We will check them out in full.
So yeah, the first two from Sidereal Journey, as we mentioned, 33 songs, just a little over 40 minutes. So clearly just a lot of stuff in rapid succession. Uh, it, it basically listens like one long song. One thing I wanted to say though, was you've had a lot of nicknames over the course of this podcast, Biscuit, Radish, Rotten Cotton, but I'm going to start calling you 33. <laughs> Well, you know what? You can, I can tell you what you, you don't have to call me. It's 47 because I was quite wrong. How many songs were on Diabolical Masquerade's Death Design? 61. Oof. Well, I was even coming in low. Yeah, but you still shot over me. So if this were the Price is Right of Swedish metal, you would have won. Great album. My favorite Diabolical Masquerade by a long shot. Mm, I mean, it's my favorite one, but not by a long shot. Mo- most people say, what, Nightwork? Uh, I mean, I love Nightwork. Do I love uh, Raven Dusk? Really? Yeah, I no, I love it. Never got into that one. Oh man! Ooh, do we disagree? Do <laughs> this is like the second time today. I know. I know. It's getting, man. It's getting bad. So, yeah. Better <laughs> day. <laughs> yeah. I, fuck it. We're done. Let's talk about the Oxyplegates name. <laughs> Oxyplegates. Oxyplegates. The Gates. I mean, this, you know, whatever. Uh, so many ways to say it. Maybe one of the weirdest names in all of metal. Yes. It comes and- from apparently a Donald Duck comic uttered by a gold devouring creature. And apparently that translates into how I got all that from the Oracle metal archives, but I read that elsewhere uh, in an interview with him. Actually, that's pretty crazy. It is. Any, any, so any- it's, yeah. It's a, a obviously made up language. Um, uttered by wildly manufactured gold devouring creature in a Donald Duck comic. <laughs> that fucking rules, man. Yeah. Uh, that's that one is, of the, that's some that's some fucking deep stuff right there. That's one of the best name origins of any metal band. That's for Absolutely. darn that's for darn sure. Absolutely. I, I will say, kind of on a serious note, I love how it translates apparently according to the writer of the, of the comic, of course, because um, it is all nonsense. But it yeah, yeah, it translates into how. I love that. Well, and yeah, it's so perfect for this band. Yeah, because this band is nothing but question marks to me. I mean, I, I, you know, I've always had these as long as they've, they've been ex- in existence. I've listened to them, you know, not a ton over the years, but enough to that they're in my DNA, as we like to say. They're part of me. I love this band. I love what Alf has done with this band. I love the relation to At The Gates and Grotesque. And... uh Yet, I don't know it. Do you know what I mean? I don't know it well in the sense that... I don't think that it's, that it's able to be known well it, in the sense that we know and at the gates. Exactly. I was going to say, I don't think Oxyplegates is knowable. And I think that's part of the mysterious element of the band, the project. So how makes a ton of sense to me? Like, it just, with the question mark. So Oxyplegates translates to how uttered by a gold-devouring creature from a Donald Duck comic. I think it's time that we listen to more from Sidereal Journey, as if this is going to help us make any more sense of the stuff. This is a, a pairing called Head for That Star and As One Surveys This Ocean.
This album is actually festooned with a legitimately cool album cover. We, we, lo we love the absurdity of the other album covers, um, but this one features a really, really cool color palette, um, a sort of alien draftsman uh, charting out the sidereal journey itself. Yeah, yeah, I love that. With the compass and the pen and the, yeah, the yes. map. Yep, yep. And you see the shadow of his head. You don't see his head. You just see the arms. And I think that's, yeah, that's a really great piece of work for sure. It is. It is. And I think that this is a really critical moment in the, the overall progress of the album, the, the arch of the album. Yeah. Um, and as you said, this, this album is really best taken as one long song. But this introduces a kind of seriousness and a cosmo pastoralism for lack of a better phrase that's that's yeah, awesome uh, that, no, hold on hold on that's an awesome phrase congrats that's a good one oh, okay <laughs> I, 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 I like that a lot you need to trademark that okay <laughs> cosmo pastoralism but also kind of a a, a a seriously gothic gloom um and, oh yeah uh, and a, oh and a, yeah and a melancholy that you don't normally get with with this band um well in, in 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 such an explicitly stated way i should say okay okay explicitly yes i was just going to say we might debate that because yeah, uh, yeah. i hear a lot of that in fairy tales maybe a little less so in worlds and worlds i think worlds and worlds is their most direct if we're going to split hairs on the three um but I, I hear a lot of that melancholy gothic uh, rainy day depressive element in fairy tales but you're right here especially when alf and sarah hook up on as one surveys this ocean that universe especially with alf's accent and the way he phrases it that's one of the few moments on these oxy oxyplegates records where uh, it might go through my head like when i'm just cruising the aisle at the grocery store i'll be like universe <laughs> universe for a second, I'll be like, what is that from? Oh, yeah, that's, that's from Sidereal Journey, you know. And um, for me, it's a moment with Oxyplegates that um, is defining. Maybe def we can call it definitive, I suppose. Sure. And you picked that snippet. So, so thank you for that because that's, uh, that's one that we have to, to get in here for sure. 
we're, we're very tempted to play all 33 songs from Sidereal Journey, but we're not going to do that. Yeah, if we find that you're clamoring for more oxyplegates, we'll just post the whole damn album. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't think he's got a lot of lawyers behind him, Alf. I, I believe he turned into a fairly successful tattoo artist, though, if I'm not mistaken. Do, do you know anything about that? I do not. Yeah, I, I think he did. Um, if I'm wrong, then he at least has a lot of awesome tattoos. This is a, a coupling of two songs, number 21 and 22 on your compact disc index. This is turning up the power, accelerating again. And this time passage was violent. So we conclude with the more violent part of Oxyplegate's musical personality. Mm -hmm. We hear really a couple of snippets that manage to summarize a lot of the aspects of this band. We get the traditional heavy metal. We get the vocal variety. We get the scathing Scandinavian mid-90s violence get that elegiac keyboard ending, mm. um, all the things that, that makes Al Svensson's personality not only so unique, but so valuable to the, the, the story of Swedish death metal as evidenced by his work in Grotesque and At the Gates. And, and obviously, most importantly, at, at least for him, uh, Oxyplegates. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, despite all its zaniness and its peculiarities, Jeff and I regard this as enduring 
and special heavy metal. For sure, man. I, I mean, you know, you and I have a lot of music as a lot of our listeners do, you know, physical music. And I sure I know from time to time, a lot of us go through and, you know, kind of assess maybe what we don't need, or do I have doubles of this? Or, you know, do I really want that? Or maybe you've just simply naturally grown out of it. And if I, if I think about all the times I've maybe ever done that, what was serious intent or just kind of casual, I know <laughs> that every time I looked at the oxyplegate spines, there is no chance in hell I will ever, <laughs> ever part with these. Yeah. Just simple as that. Out of my cold, dead hands, you'll take my oxyplegate CDs. <laughs> you know what the devil says about oxyplegates? What? Welcome what? to space. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. If you know, we hear from a lot of people that we've turned on to a lot of music, and we're so thankful for that. But if anybody out there hasn't seen "Check It Out" with Dr. Steve Brule, as played by John C. Riley, this is our highest recommendation right now uh, in terms of non-music. Yes. Thank you, Alf Svensson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Hunter Ginn, and thank, thank you, you, listeners. Thank you, listeners, for just being here at all. Uh, and speaking of listeners, we want to thank a few listeners and freaks that have helped us uh, with support via donations or shirt purchases. Uh, those people include John Frank, Felipe Lobato, and David Gaelic. And you can show your support, too, by donating via PayPal. Our ID is our email address, radicalresearchpodcast at gmail.com. We trust that most of you have seen our site, radicalresearch.org. Lots of stuff on there too. And uh, I think we're going to get a little bit of a missive from you about uh, the drummers that have passed in this most fucked year of 2020. Yeah, that will be coming very shortly. I mentioned it publicly. I mentioned it publicly because you're, you're behind deadline, man. I am. I am chronically <laughs> behind deadline. <laughs> I love you, brother. I, I am an editor's nightmare. I love you and, and we love you. We, this is just a love fest, this whole radical research thing. And uh, since we love you, we want what's best for you in life and music. And to that point, episode 60, we're going to attempt to turn you on to the music of Helios Creed. We're going to stay cosmic. We're going to stay uh, somewhere in the universe, but it's just going to be way out there. That's for sure. If you haven't already been turned on, join us for episode 60. We're going to explore the works of that X-Chrome guitarist. It'll be an extra cosmic episode, we promise.